Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Thirteen May, it's uh, Sunday. It's time for the prophecy update of the week. And wow, what a busy week! What a busy week ahead! It's just amazing the events that are happening in the world right now. Uh, one of the things that I want to mention before we get into the actual update, though, is I was gone for two weeks. And while I was gone, I want to thank immensely Sergio Voitenko and his bride Rhoda, who took care of the church. He, they ministered to the people here. They did a wonderful job. He preached two sermons. The first one he had ever preached in his life was his first sermon his first week, and it was very, very good. It made me cry, I have to tell you. And then his second sermon, if you have not seen it, it's got pictures from the ancient uh, Hebrew alphabet. You will be blessed if you watch it. I absolutely assure you, please click on that sermon and watch it, and you'll see a real man of God uh, doing a second sermon ever, which is better than my 400th or whatever sermon. So he, he has the knack that I don't have. But um, thank you for that. And while I was gone, uh, we had them. Yes, thank you very much for that. While I was gone, I uh, didn't tell anybody that I was leaving because we've had this plan for five months that, that he would arrive and take over the church while I was gone. And everybody in the church loves him. And so we thought, we're not going to tell anybody. I didn't even tell my mom. So she didn't know until we went out to dinner the night before, and he walked up behind her and said, ma'am, can I take your order? And she just bust into tears. That was the end of my mom. So uh, it, was, it was rather exciting to do that and then to have all of you surprised in the way that uh, happened, which I got to watch while I was on the airplane streaming. But the reason why I left was to go out to Washington State to be with a person that attends the church online. And I'm going to say this right now before I show any photos of what we did, that uh, if you are watching online on YouTube, you are not, if you don't want to see hunting, hunting of animals, then, you know, just skip the next 30 seconds or so, because I'm going to show some photos of us hunting. His name is John Bellows. I once highlighted him on the uh, Prophecy Update, and then I went out to be with him, and we went hunting. And uh, just so everybody here knows, not one part of this animal was wasted, okay? So I want you to know that in advance, because if you have leather shoes on or a leather keychain or anything like that, don't email me about this. I don't want to hear about it. You, if you eat fish or if you eat anything else, everything eats everything. We watched something on TV last night where everything in the desert was eating little cute animals that you love, right? It's, it, this is the world. So we went bear hunting. And if you don't go out and shoot these bears, then the state has to go and cull them anyways. So they're going to die, and they're probably not going to be used. But I went hunting for the first time in my life since I was probably eight when I had a BB gun, and I shot lizards. And I felt so guilty about that because <laughs> you don't need them, and it's just... So we went out there. I, John took me. He was very gracious to me. He took me all over Washington State and out to Idaho, and we went bear hunting. I got about a 200-pound bear, maybe a little bit less, and we're going to have about 100 pounds of bear salami in the church here eventually and uh, because that's being done, and it'll be sent here, and we'll have a bear rug, and none of that animal went to waste, okay? It would have died anyway. And then John got his a day later, and it was the most exciting adventure I have ever been on. It, it was astonishing. Now, I'm not going to show all the pictures, but it was they used dogs to track these things. And I can tell you that my heart was literally racing. It was literally racing as these dogs would, they would smell a bear and they'd say, okay, go. They'd let them off the truck and they would jump as far as a car in one bound and they'd be gone in two seconds. And one or two minutes later, you could hear them all the way out a mile and a half away. I'm not kidding. It, it, they so fast and they'd be chasing this bear and there you go. That's, that's how it went. It was very exciting. If you ever want to go bear hunting or, you know, any other that big animal hunting in Idaho, email me and I will give you the information of the person that took us. And he is a guide. He is very well trained. It is an exceptional adventure if you don't mind doing that kind of stuff. And I want to thank John Bellows immensely for how he treated me while I was out there. I've never been treated, no king has ever been treated more finely than I was treated. I was really, really honored by that. And uh, oh, one more thing that John did for me, and just so you know, does everybody know Herman Munster? 
Okay, the the Munster family. Well, he's a fan of Herman Munster. He's got all of his memorabilia and stuff all over the walls and everything. And he um, gave me a watch that was used in Fred Gwynn's last movie that he he got from his memorabilia collection. And so I wanted to thank him for that personally as well. So I have this watch now on my desk that I can uh, wind up and keep the time. Or I can just look at my computer with the uh, time on it. But (laughs) one way or another, I have Herman Munster's final watch before he died. And uh, so thank you for that, John. It was a wonderful time. And then um, one other thing, somebody emailed me a few weeks ago, and you know I've been gone, and I don't want to have this delayed too much, so I want to say hello to Zero Hour Ministry, who listen on Pal Talk. A lady emailed me, and she said that they listen, and her name is Donna, and then she said she wants us to say hello to Chuck, Joanne, Jim, Harold, Ginger, Louie, Glory, and somebody, I think I, I think it said Miss CW, and then Michael, so we send our love and uh, uh, heart out to them on uh, Pal Talk, which is Zero Hour Ministry. They watch the uh, Superior Word uh, Prophecy Update every Sunday night, I think they said. Okay, our first category, as always, is Israel, Okay. And before I actually get into the Israel articles, I want to tell you that we have started the Esther, the book of Esther in the Old Testament. If you missed the first one, you can go back and you can watch that and you can catch up. It is an astonishing book. You talk about the preservation of the Jewish people. You talk about the preservation of Israel, the land of Israel. The land of Israel was under this Persian kingdom that is being discussed in these sermons. And there are things that are hidden in the book of Esther that no person has ever heard, ever, in the history of the world until we have done these sermons. Because we had our brother Sergio here do what is called a uh, computer search looking for acrostics. And there are quite a few acrostics in the book of Esther which are astonishing. I will tell you that right now. Uh, We did not do all of the chapters, and the reason why is because it takes him literally hours and hours and hours to do an acrostic search. The computer does it, but you still have to be able to read it and then put the individual pieces together. But you will hear some things, or as you heard in the previous sermon, some really wonderful stuff, all related to Israel as a people. So please, if you haven't watched that, I would encourage you to watch these Esther sermons. Next is we have an embassy move from uh, uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem taking place in one day. This is wonderful. Our president has kept his... uh, You know what, though? It doesn't matter. We're not going to see the move, apparently, because, as always, the rapture sites all over are predicting that the rapture is tomorrow. And so we don't need to do any more prophecy update. We'll just take the rest of the day off and we'll all go home, okay? Um, Now, I, I can assure you that people that predict the rapture like that really, really upset me. I, that is something that I want you to know, that it is an embarrassment to the Christian community. When it doesn't happen, it's an embarrassment to everybody that calls on Jesus Christ. So please don't go predicting the rapture. It's going to happen when it happens, and we're going to be out of here. It's not something that we should be doing, but uh, they've predicted that tomorrow's the rapture. So if you're excited about that kind of stuff, then pack your bags, okay? And what you can do, what you can do if you're going to pack your bags and get ready to go is just sign over all of your stuff in your life to me and I'll, I'll be sure that when the rapture doesn't happen I'll keep it safe for you okay we've got a ways to go uh, one of the things that happened in Israel our first article uh, happened yesterday and um, the reason why I say we have a ways to go before Gog Magog not the rapture that can happen at any time but Gog Magog has got a ways to go there are two specific countries that are not yet in the ball game. One of them is the Sudan and the other is um, uh, Libya. Thank you. And so those two are not really in the ball game yet. And until they are, Gog Magog isn't going to happen. My guess is this is just speculation. I'm not trying to pinpoint a day of the rapture, but if it's going to happen, it's going to happen around a war or something like that. Some cataclysm that will occur that will divert the world's attention away from what's happened. Probably Gog Magog. But a second thing happened yesterday that's actually rather interesting. And it has not really made, it may drudge the middle of the middle column, halfway down, no highlight or anything. But this is actually bigger news than most Americans realize. It's going to sound like a joke at first. It's not. From the Jerusalem Post, Israel's Netta Barzillai wins Eurovision Song Contest. Okay. This is something that it is, Eurovision is, let me read this and I'll give you some comments. Israel's Netta Barzillai won the Eurovision final in Lisbon, Portugal on Saturday night. Many countries' juries gave 12 points, the highest possible to Israel, including France, Finland, Austria, San Marino, and the Czech Republic. 
Israel also got the most points from the televoters. Israel won the contest exactly 20 years ago in 1998 and 40 years ago in 1978. Plus in 1979, it says. Ahead of taking the stage on Saturday night, Barzillai received plenty of personalized messages from Israel officials, including President Reuven Rivlin and Culture Minister Miri Regev. Once the voting opened, even Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu gave Barzillai an endorsement on his Twitter account. Now, that means that this will be seen next year, not from Europe, it'll be seen from Jerusalem. Okay, it's held wherever the contest winner is, so it'll be from Jerusalem, and it is a very politically involved thing, Eurovision. It's the most watched contest on the face of the planet, okay, and usually they pick people because they're politically motivated and not because of the people's qualification. So for them to win this at this time is showing support for Israel that people don't really realize is out there. Okay, um, they're mostly European countries that are involved in this, and also Australia wanted to be a part of it, so they're in it as well. And as I said, they won in 1978 with the song Hallelujah, which does anybody know what Hallelujah means? Praise the Lord, okay? Then uh, 20 years later, in 1998, they had an LGBT, a person, a transvestite kind of person that sang, and he won. So it went from hallelujah to perversion. And then in 2018, we have just a regular secular Jew who has won this, okay? And as I said, every contest is politically based, and it is something which means that it is probable. I'm not saying that we're to base our uh, wars and things on a TV show, but it is probable with the backing off of Iran from what they have done, okay, in the past weeks with Israel, the exchanges that have gone by with Europe so far behind Israel because of this and because it coming down to be done in Israel, it will probably put a hold on some type of things. I, I think that you should keep that in mind and you shouldn't be too jumpy about, oh, Isaiah 17 is going to be fulfilled in the next two seconds or, you know, the war is imminent, that kind of stuff. It may be. It may be that those things are going to happen, but we have an indication that the world is somehow viewing Israel in a different capacity. Do you have anything to add into that uh, as far as uh, the uh, contest and what goes on there? Yeah, it is the largest competition in the whole world. It's over 40 countries participated, mostly Europe, and it's a, it's a huge deal. It's watched by, I don't know how many millions, but it's way beyond NFL, for example, primetime show, the, uh, you know, the, the last game. It is a huge show, and, f and for Israel to be selected nowadays was almost impossible because you know, a lot of people are standing against Israel, so how could they select them? And I still don't understand why it happens, because you would think from the news, you know, the countries, especially in Europe, are against Israel. So for them to select Israel as a winner today, which is a political selection, hard to explain, but that means, like you said, next year it's going to be in Jerusalem. Next year, this competition is going to take in Jerusalem, and that means the entire Europe is going to come to Jerusalem the same time next year. Same time next year. And the year. entire Europe is going to be watching live from Jerusalem this time next year. Okay. Music, so, it? It, it's a music contest. It's, it's, it's like American, American Idol or anything Idol. like that. Yes, it's a music Idol, contest. For Europe. Yes. yes. Okay, so I hope that you heard Sergio. I don't know if uh, he's from Israel. He understands these things. He watches them every year because it's kind of exciting and you know to join in and see what these countries are doing. But um, it, it is something that happened just a night ago, and it's something that will direct certain events in Europe, especially in the coming months. So I wouldn't get too excited about things unless Iran just ignores everything, including the spanking they just got, and comes against Israel now. But it will not be a Gog-Magog coming against Israel. It will be a more minor skirmish than that, because as I said, Libya and Sudan are not involved in this. So it's something to keep in mind, and we'll go on to our regular uh, articles now. We have from the Jerusalem Post. I got just some titles here at first. After U.S. and Guatemala, Paraguay to move its embassy to Jerusalem. They're going to do that immediately. From the Jerusalem Post, square near U.S. embassy in Jerusalem to be named for Trump. They're in love with this guy. Yes, and they are going to have, you know, the regular facilities at this square. And they've decided to name the uh, sewer lines that run into the wastewater facility the Obama line. And so we have... We have a little bit of good going on and a little bit of bad going on there. And uh, let's see here from Jerusalem Post. We have Bahrain. This is really, really important here. We've got two of these that happened basically on the same day. Bahrain joins the United States supporting Israel's right to self-defense. 
Right after this attack happened, what happened is that missiles were sent from Iran into Israel. Okay, nobody was hurt, but Israel responded and they wiped out all kinds of facilities. Most of you know this. I'm not going to get into any detail on it because if you don't know it, you haven't been reading the news. And uh, you can go home and just read CNN or anybody else. It's all over the world or watch any prophecy update, and that's all they're talking about right now. But Bahrain has joined in the support of Israel on this. Bahraini Foreign Minister Khalid bin Ahmed al-Khalifa tweeted in Arabic, as long as Iran changes the current situation in the arena and exploits other countries by using its power and missiles, then every country in this region, including Israel, has a right to defend itself by destroying the source of danger. Very important. And then one other, believe it or not, Jerusalem Post, rare EU backing of Israeli strike against Iran in Syria. They always come against Israel. This time they said they had every right to do it. They supported it and they also voted for Israel in this contest. That's why I say we shouldn't be too jumpy about things right now. The rapture could happen any day. It's not going to happen tomorrow, folks. It may happen the next day. It may happen today, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. When people think that they've outguessed the Lord, the Lord shows them they're wrong, and we're all embarrassed because of it. Anyway, here's what it says. Israel has the right to defend itself. The EU said after Israel struck 50 Iranian targets in Syria early that morning, they killed three people. From the Jerusalem Post, after Netanyahu visit Russia to back off S-300 missile transfer to Syria. That's one of the biggest news items of the week, and it didn't get any coverage at all. Why did they do that? Because if you remember, and I said this about uh, five weeks ago, or maybe been four weeks ago, because I've been gone, I can't remember. I said, Netanyahu said, selling S-300 to Syria is a, anybody remember? A red line. We will not allow it. And he went up there this past week. He was at their uh, May Day celebrations, and Israel said, we're not going to do it. I'm sorry, Russia said, we're not going to do it. We're not going to sell it to Syria. So he told them, this is a red line that we are not going to take. He went up there, and he probably told them again, we're not going to take it. You sell these, and there's going to be trouble, and Russia backed off. So they are listening to Israel right now. From Aretz Shiva, Jews not welcome in Iceland. Okay, I'm going to give you some, wait, don't get too excited. I'm going to give you some articles that are not anti-Jewish, okay, but I want to call things the way they are, okay? It says, a proposed law banning circumcision in Iceland would, if passed, effectively declare that Jews and Muslims, so the, it's a one-sided argument already because they just dropped off Muslims from the title, were unwelcome in the nation. European rabbis claim, arguing that such a ban would constitute an assault on Jewish identity. Well, here's how I look at these type of things. A country can pass any law it wants. If you don't like the laws of that country, you can move as a Jew back to Israel, or if I don't like the laws of the nation, I can apply to go somewhere else. Nations, whether you like them or not, pass laws. There are all kinds of crazy laws in Florida that I disagree with, but I have to live by them. If they say we don't want female genital mutilation by Muslims and we don't want circumcision by Jews, that is their right to do it. I'm not saying that it's the right thing. I am not making that argument. I'm saying that they have a right to pass laws in their country. And if they don't like it, they have the homeland to go back to. And guess what? That would be just a fulfillment of what God said. I will call my people back to the land. And he's been doing it for the past 70 years and he's continuing to do it today. So, it's one of those things that I really don't have sympathy on that type of an argument. And there's about four you're going to hear that I just don't have tolerance for. The next one from Arts Shiva. We oppressed Jews and lost their contribution. Now, this is a positive article for Israel. A Saudi journalist recently discussed his weekly column of the oppression of Jews in Arab countries that led to those Jews to emigrate and reestablish their lives elsewhere. So he's saying... They were great people in our country. They were productive, and we chased them out. And he's, he's mourning over it, actually. The journalist wrote that Jews living in the Mashrek, the eastern part of the Arab world, were forced to leave for other countries after facing systemic oppression and confiscation of their property, despite being pillars of the economy and of culture and art in their respective countries. Well, if Iceland passes this law and the Jews leave, they are the ones that are going to suffer. They're going to lose those hardworking people. I'm not saying it's right that they pass this law, but they have a right to pass this law. Okay, so citing examples of Jewish families that went on to be financially successful elsewhere, which is always the case. Listen to the book of Esther that we, the sermons, and you'll hear me talking about that as well. Uh, this guy, Shu Bakshi, asserted that Jewish emigration from Arab countries constituted a loss 
to the Arab economy and to the Arab society, which failed to be tolerant and became an emblem of exclusion. Happens all over the world. People lose their most productive members and they bring in people that are highly unproductive. That's their choice. Okay, from JTA. Excuse me. Most U.S. Jews believe in God, but don't think God judges them. The vast majority of American Jews believe in God, but not in the God of the Bible. A survey by Pew Research Center showed that 89% of American Jews believe in God compared to, listen to this, compared to 99% of Christians. You can't be a Christian if you don't believe in God. So that's obviously stupid, but some people aren't thinking. But anyway, but uh, only 33% of Jews believe in a biblical God compared to 80% of Christians. A majority of Jews believe in some other higher power of spiritual force in the universe. 10% do not believe in God. Fewer Jews than Christians also believe that God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and loves everyone. 70% of Jews believe God is all-loving, but fewer than 40% believe God is all-powerful. And 49% say God is all-knowing. So they've got a weak and ineffective God that's in their mind. Only 37% of Jews believed God will judge people based on their deeds as opposed to nearly 80% of Christians. So even that's kind of bad for Christians because our salvation is not based on our deeds. Our salvation is based on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our rewards and losses after salvation are based on our deeds for Christ. Any deed not done in faith will not be rewarded. Any deed done in rebellion, okay, if you're not adhering to the words of the Bible and you're doing a good deed, you're not going to get rewarded for it. But our salvation is not based on deeds. So we've got a bunch of confused Christians and a bunch of confused Jews in America. All right, next article from Ynet. Rabbis ask Kansas senator to not compare Holocaust and the abortion issue, okay? I have no sympathy on people in this capacity at all. I will tell you this, that we take things that are tragic in a society or in human history, and we make comparisons based on that. We say this is worse, this is the same, this is better. They don't have a right to be exclusive over the Holocaust just because it occurred to them. And despite there being 6 million Jews that were exterminated, we have had 50 million children or more exterminated in the United States of America alone since Roe v. Wade. And Yes, they were horribly treated in the Holocaust, but I cannot see that it is not comparable to horribly treating a child in the womb. What they do to those children, and then guess what? Mengele did experiments on the Jews. What does Planned Parenthood do or Planned Murderhood do with the bodies that they have? They, they sell them. They make profit off of them. It is horrifying what happens. So I have, no, I have no sympathy on people saying you can't use this as a comparison. I just think that's terrible. Okay, here's the article. It says... Um, the Rabbinical Association of Kansas City asked Leavenworth Senator Steve Fitzgerald last month when he brought up the infamous Auschwitz Dr. Joseph Mengele during a debate over aborted fetal tissue. And last year, Fitzgerald compared planned murderhood to Nazi concentration camp. The rabbi said in the letter that Fitzgerald's words abused the memory of those killed by the Nazi regime. I don't see that at all. And I think we have a right to make comparisons based on horrific things which have happened in human history, including the Holocaust. Okay, from Breaking Israel News, Major Kabbalist says unusual rains are a sign that the Messiah is imminent. Rabbi Dov Cook, a prominent Kabbalist mystic living in Tiberias, who is a descendant of Israel's first chief rabbi, made a startling announcement at a recent gathering of his followers. Rabbi Cook announced that he had a visit of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, a Jewish sage from the second century known by the acronym Rashbi, and who, according to tradition, wrote the Zohar, the basis of Kabbalah. In the vision, the Rashbi told Rabbi Cook that the current unseasonable rains are a sure sign that Messiah's arrival is imminent. Now, I'd like to take you to the Bible and show you a sure sign that the Messiah's arrival is imminent. And while I'm looking for it, I will tell you that they are looking in Israel for a Messiah who perfectly matches the description of the Antichrist of the Christian Bible. They're looking in the wrong place for the wrong person. I will tell anybody that's listening, included all, including all Jews, that Messiah has come. He has come, and this is a sign of his return, his second coming. This is from the book of James. It's uh, chapter 5, and it says in verse 7, 
Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. He's talking about rain. Well, so does the Bible. It says, verse 8, you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Well, guess what? There was no former and latter rains in Israel for the past 2,000 years. The Romans went in and they cut down all of the trees to make siege works to take the Jews out of the land to uh, kill them and to put them into the dispersion, right? And when they did that, the cycle of rains stopped in Israel. They had rains throughout the year, but they were very sparse and they were not what we would consider the former and latter rains. Israel went back to the land in the late 1800s and they started planting trees, draining swamps, restoring the land to fruitfulness. And when they, they have had year after year the highest net gain of trees on the planet. Guess what? With the trees being replanted, what do you think has happened in the past 70 years? The former and latter rains have been restored. And James made a prophecy that when you see this happening, Messiah's return is coming. The Lord is at hand. They are waiting for the Messiah, which is going to be the Antichrist, and we are waiting for the return of Christ. So we need to be patient. We need to watch as things unfold, not be predicting raptures and stuff, but just waiting because the Bible tells us the general feel of the times. We don't know when it's going to happen. It may happen today. It may happen in another year. We don't know, but this is the general times that we can look forward to. Christian News today, Jerusalem Post, from Praising Jesus to tweeting BB, PM's new recruit has colorful past. Now, this is something that most people have seen, but if you haven't heard it, I'm including it again anyway. Prime Minister Netanyahu's new deputy social media advisor, his name is Hanan, Hananya Naftali. Did I say that right? Hananya Naftali. There's a popular Israel advocate online served in the Armored Corps, fought Hamas in Operation Protective Edge, and calls himself a Jew who loves Jesus. So this is a person that has been appointed to Bibi's cabinet in Israel. Great things are happening in Israel. We'll go on. Naftali was hired by Netanyahu social media advisor Topaz Luk, who says he hired a superstar. Naftali will assist Look in running Netanyahu's social media networks. Naftali has recently posted videos of himself defending Israel's policies on the Gaza Strip and criticizing the United Nations and the leadership of the Palestinian Authority. But Naftali's posts about his religious faith have raised eyebrows. In one video, he calls himself a Christian. In another, he says that both his parents are Jewish, and he denied charges that he converted soldiers in the army, which were raised after he posted in January 2014 that on a weekend in the IDF, he read the Bible and shared Jesus. No problem. He can do that all he wants, but people don't like that. I'm not part of any cult, he said in the video. I'm not part of the Messianic Judaism denomination. In fact, I'm not a part of any denomination. I'm just a normal guy who made his own decision to follow Jesus. That is giant happening in the cabinet of the Prime Minister of Israel. And so that would make him a completed Jew. He has gone from being a Jew to a completed Jew because he now knows his Messiah. He has gone from uncircumcision of the heart to circumcision of the heart to match the circumcision which he bears in his body. Okay. Paul makes a pun about that. I'm not going to get into it right now, but he talks about those who are of the circumcision and he says whose praise is not from men but from God. And what he's saying is that the circumcision of hands is by men. The praise is from God who are circumcised, circumcised in the heart. And the word Judah means praise. And so he's making a pun in the book of Romans, which if you don't speak the Hebrew, you're not going to understand what he's saying. But he's saying that Judah, the Jews of the world who become Christians are fulfilled Christians and they are pleasing to God. The rest are not. And we're going to see that, believe it or not, in the book of Esther as well. So pay attention to that. <coughs> Times of Israel. Let's see here. Trump's faith-based initiative removes proselytizing limit, worrying some Jews. Flanked by clergy, including a priest, an imam, and an orthodox rabbi, President Trump revived the White House Office of Faith-Based and Community Initiatives, a system that, since its 2001 launch, has delivered humanitarian assistance to Americans through religious organizations. Buried in legal speak in the executive order was a clause that left liberal-leaning Jewish groups aghast. Trump removed a section that required religious groups using government money to refer applicants to appropriate alternatives 
if the applicant did not want a dose of salvation with their relief. In other words, they come in on a soup line and you they say, we're going to give you a sermon before you eat. And that was taken out. They said, if they don't want that sermon, you have to give them the food and send them somewhere else to get other type of, Trump took that out. If you are a faith-based group and you want to minister to people and you say a sermon comes first, you are now allowed to do that. And it's not Jewish people that don't want this. It's liberals that don't want it. And that's why I was stressing that left-leaning uh, Jewish groups. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because how many Jews do you see standing in soup lines? Right. They're the people that are productive. We just got through with an article on that. They're doctors, they're lawyers, they're this and they're that. So this is just a liberal agenda, but our, our president sees through it and he has reinstated this right of people to tell about the religion that they are professing. The Council for the American Jewish Committee said that now moot requirement protected the starving man from having to listen to a sermon before entering a soup kitchen for a meal. Dropping it is more than a step backward. Four sermons remind us, Jews, of efforts at various times to make us listen to conversionary sermons. Well, it doesn't. If they don't want to listen, they don't have to come in and get the soup. They can go get it somewhere else. There are plenty of places that provide that type of thing. But this is a left agenda. This has nothing to do with Christianity and Judaism. Mail online, good news. Bavaria orders Christian crosses to be hung at the entrance of all government buildings. Yes, reflects state's cultural identity. Bavaria's Christian Social Unity Party said the move has already drawn a furious reaction from opposition politicians. Crosses are already compulsory in public schools and courtrooms in Bavaria. And uh, our brother Lothar is from Bavaria, isn't he? So there you go. He's there doing his thing. And what's that? Yes. Well, he's not there now. I think he's out in California or he will be there soon. He's uh, coming back to the United States. But wherever you are, Lothar, we love you. Hello. Um, Guten Tag. Let's see here. Uh, Mail online. Controversial televangelist Jim Baker says the best place to survive the apocalypse are in his Missouri cabins, where six bottles of water cost one hundred and fifty dollars. And buckets of food have a 25-year shelf life. Jim Baker, 78, made the controversial comments on his show with his wife, Lori. He says his cabins in Missouri are the safest place for the apocalypse. He encouraged viewers to buy extreme survival warfare water bottles for $150. Let me read that again. Extreme survival warfare water bottles. So you get special water with Jim Baker and you give him 150 bucks. Uh, holy water. Many people have accused the disgraced televangelist Baker of simply selling property for his own financial gain. Get yours today, kids. Okay, Breitbart, Saudi Arabia inks deal with the Vatican. This is actually huge, regardless of whether it's the Vatican. Irrelevant. Don't send me an email saying, well, he made it with the Vatican. Irrelevant with this issue signs a deal with the Vatican to build Christian churches for the first time in history. Saudi Arabia, the only country on the planet that has no Christian churches at all, actually in the Middle East, now will have Christian churches. Now, it doesn't say in this article whether they're only Catholic or if they will be other denominations, but there are people that watch this Prophecy Update and our sermons from Saudi Arabia. I know because they've emailed me. They probably watch them later, not streaming live. It's the only church that they have that they trust or whatever. And so they will now be able to go to a church if it is a suitable church. And I am rejoicing that. When people say, I am watching your sermons and we attend online and we take communion with you every week, I'm very happy about that. Until I get to the part where it says, because we don't have a church in our town or in our city or because the last church has gone apostate and that breaks my heart. I would rather have nobody online in a church that they could attend and be happy with if that was possible. But for some people it's not and some people just love the fellowship online. They write to each other. They post to each other. It's a wonderful thing. The online community in this church is such a strong group of believers. I'm so thankful for them. And uh, when we were starting up today, Sergio was fixing a problem with something and I saw Lisa over in Australia, online, saying hello to everybody. She is watching this church live. It's like 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. in Australia, and there she is. This is her church. So I'm so thankful for that. But it breaks my heart that they don't have a church that they can go to. Now Saudi Arabia may 
All right, here we go. The agreement was signed by the Secretary General of the Muslim World League and the President of the Pontifical Council for Interreligious Dialogue in the Vatican, Cardinal Jean-Louis Turan. Fruit of the uh, Cardinal's visit was the joint agreement that provides for the building of churches to care for the needs of Christians in Saudi Arabia, as well as underscoring the key role of religions in renouncing violence, extremism, terrorism, and achieving security and stability in the world. Saudi Arabia is currently the only country in the region without a single Christian church. So we'll see what type of churches before we make a judgment if it's only catholicism that plays right in with you know the end times definitely but if they get some uh, good christian churches they're allowed multiple denominations praise the lord for that all right islam today for ramadan israel eases restrictions for west bank Palestinians, but not gazans on the recommendation of the chief of the general staff and as part of the policy to improve the fabric of life of the Palestinian people in Judea and Samaria, which they call it Judea and Samaria there, tickles me, the Minister of Defense, Mr. Avigdor Lieberman, has approved a series of civilian measures for the holiday period. The measures, similar to those of previous years, were announced even as Israel has expressed fears of increased violence over the next several weeks, owing to the transfer of the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem on May 14th. They've been saying they're going to cause all kinds of trouble. They've been threatening this, and yet they're still opening their doors to people to come in to worship during Ramadan. And this makes very little news except Israel news. So the world doesn't want to say the truth about Israel, how they treat other religions and the people there. It's always one-sided. Anyway, it says... Um, Transfer of the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem on May 14th and the marking of Nakba Day, marking Israel's founding and the displacement of Palestinians the following day. Nakba means disaster. Every year they call it the Day of Disaster when Israel was reestablished as a nation. So they can't even get that right. But uh, it says Ramadan is expected to begin the night of May 15th. So we got a lot of things coming up all in sequence here. May 15th may or may not happen depending on the sighting of the moon, but it will probably be May 15th that Ramadan starts. From Breitbart, Border Patrol agents arrest 15 more Bangladeshi nationals in South Texas. Okay, bad news. We've already had this a month ago, and we've got more right now. This brings the total number of Bangladeshi nationals arrested in the Laredo sector this year to 224. Imagine how many got through. And these people do not want the health and benefit of the United States of America. They are coming in for a very specific reason. All right? The Laredo sector alone has arrested more than 60% of all the Bangladeshis arrested along the southwest U.S. border with Mexico. So far this year, more than 360 Bangladeshis have been arrested for illegal entry. The illegal crossings by these foreign nationals proves that there is a direct pipeline from countries with connections to terrorism to South America and then north where drug cartels are paid large sums of cash to smuggle them across the border. We know this is going on. They are here for our detriment and it's going to work. We need to get that wall up. All of the Bangladeshi nationals are men, mostly between the ages of 18 and 35. JTA. Fakistinian rioters vandalize Gaza border crossing that brings in humanitarian aid. The humanitarian aid that takes care of their own people, they are vandalizing. I saw another article this morning. They did the same thing again, so the border crossing has to actually be closed so these people can't get what they need in order to eat and live. And they blame it on Israel when it's, in fact, their own people that are doing it. Palestinian rioters vandalized the border crossing between the Gaza Strip and Israel, which brings most of the humanitarian aid from Israel and the international communities to the people living in Gaza, including setting fire to the pipes that carry gas and oil from Israel to Gaza. Let's just shoot ourselves in the foot and keep shooting until it's gone, right? Hundreds of trucks carrying merchandise, food, and equipment have entered the Gaza Strip every week for years, as well as tons of fuel that have transferred to the Gaza Strip for its residents' use, according to the IDF. Hamas thereby acts against the interests of Gaza residents and worsens their situation for its own purposes, the IDF said in a statement. Times of Israel. Hamas said to offer Israel long-term ceasefire in Gaza. Hamas has repeatedly expressed willingness through several channels to enter into long-term talks with Israel over a long-term ceasefire in the Gaza Strip, highlighting the Palestinian terror group's dire strategic situation in return for, listen to the next words, a years-long ceasefire. 
Guess what it says will happen in Daniel 9, 24 through 27? There will be a years long, not an indefinite or a permanent ceasefire, a seven-year peace treaty with their enemies, seven years. And so it's funny how instead of just saying we're going to make peace with people, they keep talking about the thing that the Bible says is coming. They said one time we're going to have a 10-year agreement. Sometimes they say we'll have a five-year agreement. Well, we know. It already says in the Bible, written thousands of years ago, that it'll be a seven-year peace deal. Okay, but they're talking about a peace deal of limited duration. That's what amazes me, is how relevant the Bible is today to what's happening in the world today. We'll go on. Hamas wants the agreement to include Israel significantly easing the blockade over Gaza, approving large-scale infrastructure projects and possibly a prisoner swap deal. Top Israeli security officials have recently presented the political leadership with intelligence indicating that Hamas, finding itself in an unprecedented crisis, is currently open to discussing issues that it had rejected in the past. The report follows several indications that Hamas is deeply divided as it seeks a way out of the dire situation in Gaza. The Strip, which faces an economic crisis, we brought it up time and time again, sanctions from the Ramallah-based Fakistinian Authority on the other side, they're not helping them. The only people that are is the Jews, right? The Strip, which faces an economic crisis and continued pressure from the Israeli-Egyptian security blockade and rising internal unrest. So all of these things are going on. We know the peace treaty is not going to come now, but after the rapture, it's going to happen. Okay, we know it's going to happen, and they are already being primed for this. Okay, they're ready for it. Two uh, titles, InfoWars, London hit by acid attack spree, three rushed to hospital in morning horror. And then uh, Breitbart, gun-free Britain, four shootings in 48 hours in Sadiq Khan's London. So you don't have guns there, but you have people getting shot. I don't know how that works, but it does. Mongolia... Today, let's see here from the Futon Critic. History's hit survival series, Alone. Has anybody ever seen Alone? Okay, I've never seen it. I don't watch History Channel, but uh, uh, I don't even have cable. But anyway, History's hit survival series, Alone, returns June 14th, if you watch it, get ready, with fan favorites seeking redemption in Mongolia. So something is going to be filmed in Mongolia, which people watch on the uh, History Channel. Former participants of history's hit nonfiction survival series return in season five, premiering June 14th, dropped off in northern Mongolia, the most remote location yet. The 10 survivalists will be separated by miles and endure brutal sub-zero temperatures, deadly predators and punishing isolation as they push themselves once more to their limits. They must build their own shelters, hunt their own food, and overcome numerous deadly obstacles, such as the venomous Siberian pit viper and feral wolves, if they want to be the last person standing. No camera crew. They don't have camera crews for this. They have to take their own cameras and film themselves, which makes it more realistic. No camera crew, no gimmicks. Alone is the utmost test of human will and fierce determination to overcome the elements. This season, who will have the strength to endure the longest and win the ultimate prize? I assure you, it would not be Charlie Garrett. I, no, I would last about three seconds out there. Uh, Daniel 12 Technology, I entitled this Repair Me, Please, from CNET. This handheld 3D printer can print skin onto people. Researchers at the University of Toronto have developed a handheld 3D skin printer that can apply layers of skin tissue directly onto patients to cover and heal wounds. The printer is an alternative to a conventional skin graft, but doesn't require healthy skin to be removed from a donor and grafted onto a patient. Instead, the device fits in your hand and can be used like a whiteout tape dispenser, rolling out bio-ink, skin tissue directly onto the affected areas. It weighs less than two pounds. Researchers believe it's the first device that can form skin directly on top of a wound in two minutes or less. This is amazing. That is amazing. They've been practicing on pigs. It's a little squeamish if you watch the video, but... It, it, it heals those things. So it's very interesting. Repair me, please. Next article, Mail Online. The end of slings and crutches. Extraordinary glue could soon fix broken bones in just five minutes. Swedish researchers claim it could help millions of patients with osteoporosis. Experiments on rat bones show the glue was successful at fixing fractures. Further studies are needed to confirm it works in humans five-minute fix-your-bone and go out and get back to doing what you were doing. Jerusalem Post. 
paralyzed man finishes the London Marathon aided by Israeli robotic suit. Now, he didn't just finish it. It took him a day and a half to finish it, but this guy did it. Simon Kindley Sides of Norfolk, England, became the first paralyzed man to finish the London Marathon, an astonishing feat which took him 36 hours to complete. He was able to walk the entire 26.2-mile course with the help of the Rewalk robotic exoskeleton suit, wearing a device developed in Israel that allows paraplegics to mimic the function of the legs and hips. Astonishing. Repair me, please. Revelation Plagues today. The Eagle. Yellow fever threatens South Florida after Zika scare. Yeah, we're all threatened with yellow fever. There hasn't been a yellow fever outbreak in the United States in more than 100 years, but state health officials, aren't you glad you came down from Chicago today, didn't you? Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Um, we have, uh, I'll, I'll get to it in a minute, but uh, she's glad she's in Florida now that she's found out that we have a yellow fever coming. It says, uh, U.S. more than 100 years, but state health officials are concerned that a large outbreak in Brazil and others in South and Central America could lead to infective travelers bringing the disease to South Florida, which has the right mosquitoes and climate for it to spread. And it's becoming mosquito season very quickly, isn't it? And what season right now? Love bugs. Oh my gosh, they are everywhere. Billions and billions of them. Don't come to Florida if you don't like love bugs. We've got a person hiding in the back room right now because she hates love bugs. She won't get near the door. Um, The disease is deadlier than the Zika virus. Yellow fever can kill. Brazil reported 1,131 cases and 338 deaths attributable to yellow fever from July to March. For about 15% of the infected, the initial symptoms pass and then come back with vengeance within a day, causing internal bleeding and jaundice, the yellowing of the skin that gives the fever its name, the failure of the liver and other organs. Of those, up to half die, usually within one or two weeks. The U.S. CDC warned travelers in March not to go to yellow fever hotspots in Brazil unless they were vaccinated. If they come back and they're not vaccinated, it could get into Florida and it would be spreading quickly. So we'll watch it. L.A. Times. STDs in L.A. are skyrocketing. Officials think that racism and stigma may be to blame. Yes, STDs are caused by racism now, just so you know that. Yep. Forbes. Tick and mosquito illnesses tripled since 2004. Is weather to blame? I'd say no, it's probably racism. There you go. In early May 2018, the CDC issued a report noting that sickness from ticks, mosquitoes, and fleas have tripled since 2004 with over 640,000 cases reported in the past 12 years or so. In first-of-its-kind reporting, the CDC cataloged illnesses associated with Lyme, Dengue, Zika, West Nile, Chikungunya, and others. The analysis revealed 96,075 cases in 2016. This number was dramatically higher than the 27,388 cases reported in 2004 within the U.S. Experts attribute the surge to growing insect numbers, overseas travel, and a new understanding of disease links to insects. Well, they ask, what about the role of weather and climate? I knew it was coming to that. Oh, global warming, folks. It's racism. Morality today, Mail Online, Cynthia Nixon, I don't know who she is, but apparently she's somebody. Cynthia Nixon sparks controversy by saying that legalizing pot in New York could be a form of reparations for the black community. Wow, yeah. She's an actress. She's an actress, thank you. She said the black community has suffered as a result of marijuana arrests. Licenses for legal sales of marijuana should be prioritized for black community. Yeah, comments come under fire with one prominent figure calling them insulting, which they are, insulting. Mail online, Walmart, good job, Walmart. I'm so glad to read this. Walmart to limit opioid prescriptions to seven days in a bid to curb the addiction crisis. Now, there are people that need opioids. There are people that need all kinds of drugs, but they should somehow have to be able to have a doctor say this is absolutely necessary. There should be a channel to keep people from getting them when they don't need them, but protecting people that do need them. So I'm definitely in favor of limiting this because it has ruined many, many lives. The U.S. supply limit will begin within the next 60 days. So if you get your opioids from Walmart, you got 60 days, and then after that, seven days, and that's it. Mail online. Disney. Disney unveils rainbow-colored Mickey Mouse ears just in time for Pride Month. 
Yeah, the ears called Mickey Mouse Rainbow Love feature a red hat with two rainbow striped ears. The front of the hat features two Mickey Mouse hands that form a heart with rainbow colors. Six or seven colors. Unbelievable. It's probably six. It's the LGBT number, but it's disgusting. You know, it's just terrible. And then from Life Set, guess what else Disney World did? Disney World drops Night of Joy Christian Music Festival. Had it since 1983. They can't have that anymore, but they can do this with Mickey Mouse. Okay, from Fox News, Boy Scouts to change name, drop boy, and accept girls in 2019. After 108 years, the Boy Scouts program is set to drop the gender from its name and reemerge as Scouts BSA, a more inclusive group that will also welcome girls in its ranks. So they're not the Boy Scouts at all. We wanted, and guess what happened? I'll read it at the end of this. We wanted to land on something that evokes the past but also conveys the inclusive nature of the program going forward, he said. We're trying to find the right way to say we're here for both young men and young women. The name change is expected to take effect next February. Boy Scouts of America and the Cub Scouts will keep their titles. Cub Scouts, the program for 7 to 10 year olds, has already started to admit girls. The Girl Scouts said their organization was blindsided by the move. So the people that they think they're helping is actually they're hurting, right? And they're planning an aggressive campaign to ramp up recruitment numbers. And then from the Tea Party, guess what? Boy Scouts lose 425,000 boys one week after announcing name change. Good job. I'm so proud of those people. I hope they lose another million in the next week. Dallas News, sharing nude photos of current, this is really disgusting that a judge would uh, allow this, sharing nude photos of current or ex-partners protected under First Amendment a court rules. So if you have a photo of somebody that was your ex-partner, how do you prove that you didn't take it illegally in the first place? But that's protected speech. It says um, the ruling applies only to a dozen northeast Texas counties that fall under the jurisdiction of the 12th Circuit Court of Appeals, but other courts would likely consider its reasoning. The law originated from complaints from women who said they felt violated and abused when their exes posted you know, photos of them online without their consent. One woman found dozens of photos of herself online and organized a class action suit against the website where they appeared. But that is protected speech in America. Even if it was illegally taken in the first place, you can't prove it or you can't disprove it. And so you can. It's terrible. Our other news and we'll be done. Trump orders new border crackdown. Separate families who cross illegally, prosecute the parents and throw their children into protective custody. All right, this is how you do it in order to stop the flow of people coming in. They kind of threw in their own uh, wording to make it sound worse than it is. But anyway, this is what they're doing. They're separating families. You will be prosecuted for entering the states, and the children will be taken into protective custody until you're deported, and then they go with you. All right, all illegal border crossers, because they're harming their children by, one, teaching them to break the law, and, two, possibly getting them hurt or killed on the way in. Okay, so this is the right move. All illegal border crossers must now be prosecuted by being taken straight to federal court in U.S. Marshals' custody. Parents who cross with their children will have them taken away and put in the care of HHS's Office of Refugee Resettlement. The move is intended to stop people crossing illegally and comes as prosecutions of border jumpers soar dramatically. Mail online, bloody nightmare. Massachusetts High School is evacuated after three students faint during biology class because they were all scared of blood. Yes, authorities were called. They called the police after students fainted in the middle of biology class. The school was evacuated amidst concerns of disease or chemical release. Investigators discovered the students passed out to a fear of blood and psychosomatic response to fainting. Cupcakes. Was that real? Cupcakes, yeah, that was a real article, yes. Like no, it's real news. Zero Hedge. Berkeley Task Force blames conservatives for leftist violence. Yes. A University of California Berkeley Task Force is blaming conservative students for destructive protests on campus, saying the hosting conservative speakers was likely to incite a violent action. So they're saying the left that did the violence isn't to blame. It's inviting people to have a different opinion. Reuters, 
U.S. Appeals Court allows Texas to implement voter ID law. Finally, they've been going through this for years. Finally, a U.S. Appeals Court allowed Texas to implement a law requiring photo ID at the ballot box, reversing a lower court decision that blocked the measure on the grounds that it could be discriminatory against racial minorities. The panel said that the new legislation had improvements for disadvantaged minority voters. Everybody gets a free card. How can you say you can't prove who you are? Right? You got to prove who you are to get your food stamps. You got to prove who you are to get your welfare. All of these things you have to prove who you are, except to vote. It's insane. Okay, here we go. Um, says the uh, the latest chapter in a seven-year dispute over voter ID at the ballot box in Texas, the most populous Republican-controlled state. Hee-haw. The move comes from several Republican-controlled states that have pushed voter ID laws as they say they will prevent fraud at the ballot box. Democrats contend fraud is exceedingly rare, and the real intention is to disenfranchise racial minorities. We know that's not true. Okay, Judicial Watch. Soros-funded group, this guy is the most wicked man on the planet today, launches app to help illegal aliens avoid the feds. The app Notifica is described in a Laredo, Texas, right where we've got these, these real terrorists coming in, news article as a tool to protect immigrants living in the United States illegally by utilizing high-tech and online social communications. With a click of the button, illegal aliens can alert family, friends, and attorneys of encounters with federal authorities. Immigration agents knocking at the door asks, now there's an app for that too. The nonprofit has more than 400,000 members nationwide and claims to embrace the common struggle of all people of color and stand up against racism, colonialism, colorism, and xenophobia, and to support terrorism. Among its key projects is winning protections and rights for illegal immigrants, defending against deportation, obtaining education for illegal immigrants, and acquiring justice and liberation for undocumented LGBT immigrants and allies as well. We empower people to develop their leadership, their organizing skills, and to develop our own campaigns to fight for justice and dignity for immigrants and all people. Well, that's not true because they want to deny the rights of people that already live here. So uh, George Soros is just a very wicked human being. All right, a couple titles and we're almost done. Zero Hedge, ESPN loses 500 thousand subscribers in 30 days. ESPN has lost nearly 17,000 subscribers a day in the month of April, costing them $48 million in annual revenue. I'm glad to hear it personally. Zero Hedge, when money dies. In Venezuela, a haircut now costs, does anybody know how much it costs to get your haircut in Venezuela? $500. Five bananas and two eggs. They will no longer, that's true. They will no longer take currency because it's worth absolutely nothing. And so you have to have five bananas and two eggs to get your hair cut. Isn't that terrible? Socialist paradise. From the Chicago Tribune, Chicago sees its most violent week of the year, nine killed, 76 wounded. So there you go. Um, speaking of Chicago, I have somebody that I need to come up front here. <laughs> I have a Lesrick for you to be presented by his daughter. I've never met her. She just walked in, and I just happen to know it's her. So come on over here. you got to get into the frame where they can see you. Oh, and read this that's highlighted right here. Your father wrote that, and probably your mom helped, too. They work on those together. Can you see the, where it starts right there? Uh, just this? Right. Yeah, tell who you are, tell you where you're from, and what you're doing here, and then give us your Lesrick. Hi, I'm Angela Lins. I'm uh, Les and Kathy's daughter. I came down to visit my grandma today for Mother's Day, and spend the day with her and my dad kind of threw this on me and surprised me and wanted surprise me to surprise your mom she doesn't know to surprise my mom and say happy mother's day mom you know and to all the other mothers out there um you know glad to be here and it's wonderful uh, to have you so i apologize i have not seen this before but um here we go so just the sun yes ma'am all right if you're planning to live through last days Jim Baker says, follow his ways. He'll sell you some food, which will do him most good. He adheres to survivalist craze. There you go. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure meeting you. All right. Yeah, he said she might be coming. And I said, if she comes on time, she can come and tell me and I'll show her what to do. If not, she walks in after we began. And so I'm like, I know that's her. So I'm going to really put her on the spot. Um, just something I didn't know about less until this week. 
is that he actually is an author. He wrote a book called Confessions of a Job Gypsy. And so if you ever want to know how to not get a job, I guess, or whatever, I haven't read it yet, but uh, it's called Confessions of a Job Gypsy. And he says he can't use it for any of his resumes in the future. So there you go. But Les is a really wonderful guy, and uh, it's a real pleasure to meet his daughter here and to surprise his wife. And uh, so we thank you for that. And yes, before we close with our irony of the week, I want to tell all the mothers out there, including in the church here, happy Mother's Day. All right. And my mom is not here, so she doesn't get the... Oh, she is. There she is. She's sitting in the back. Okay. There she is. Happy Mother's Day to you, Mom. All right. And my wife, who's the mother of my son, who came in late as well. So it's all just... Everything is hodgepodge today. All right. Irony and we'll be done. American Mirror... Hollywood actress Alyssa Milano attends anti-gun protest with armed guards. Yes. And then another one, and it sounds like fake news as well, but I checked, and it's come up on several sources, including Mail Online. It may be fake news, but if it's not, I would not want to be in this guy's church. Uh, This is Zimbabwe. Pastor drowns a woman during baptism because she seemed like a vampire. Yes. So such is the world we live in. And from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.